I don't know. <laughs> Guess we're going to find out. All right. Great. Trigger warning. Discussions of sexual assault, rape, all of that kind of stuff. So if that is something that is one of your triggers, this may not be an episode you want to listen to. And with that, hi, welcome to Donna Martin Graduates. A podcast where we watch old episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 and then take long breaks because of a global pandemic. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Andrea, not Andrea. And I am your other host, Kelly. And do you even remember what the world was like when we last recorded? No. Nothing like talking about a TV show about a bunch of entitled white rich kids in the middle of everything that's happening. But let's get into it. Yay! This week we watched season two, episode 13, Halloween. Ooh, spooky Halloween! <laughs> this episode starts with a long pan out from a very poorly carved pumpkin. I mean, seriously, it's like three big holes. Uh, she said. That is what she said. <laughs> we are then treated to a collage of more poorly carved pumpkins over some synthesizers and screaming. Andrea is busy at school coloring with a marker on small pumpkins, and Brandon walks in with his own much larger pumpkin. I feel like this is a euphemism. He rightfully so asks her what the hell she is doing, and she reveals that she is making jack-o'-lanterns for all the kids at the youth center, because of course that is something else that she does. Then Brandon shoves a large knife into his own pumpkin, and I'm not even quite sure what kind of face he's going to be able to make at this point and really they get to do this stuff during class time and brandon is just okay to carry around a freakishly large knife beverly hills y'all meanwhile scott finds david in the radio booth and he reveals that he is serving a detention david is busy making cassette tapes for a Halloween party at some mansion, again, during class time. Remember cassette tapes? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Apparently, I went to the wrong school because I actually had to do schoolwork during class time. And Scott tells David that he's going to the corner, like pretty woman kind of corner. <laughs> Work in a corner? <laughs> nope, an egg fighting corner because nothing would be too dorky for Scott. Hmm. And then David tells Scott that there is not going to be an egg fight. And Scott starts making up names of quote-unquote, real guys who are also going to be there. David tells Scott there will probably be a bunch of cops patrolling, and Scott says that he loves danger. And then he says that a few cops shouldn't stop for tradition. Nope, not tone deaf at all right now. And David says, sorry, loser, I'm going to the party. I also feel like there's a whole bunch of uh, foreshadowing going on right there. You know, because Scott says he loves danger. Yeah, well, wasn't even dangerous. No. It was just kind of a loserish, but hey, yeah. Hey, look, everyone, it's Emily. Nah. <laughs> she manages to hunt Brandon down, and they talk about not attending the party, even though Emily's vest totally screams party. Does until Brandon invites her. She declines because of his rousing endorsement. He wishes her a trick or treat, and then pokes her in the belly. Um, excuse me. Don't ever touch a woman's stomach. I mean, did he expect her to giggle like the Pillsbury Doughboy? <laughs> That's, oh my God, that was not good. <laughs> that was like if the Pillsbury Doughboy was possessed. Right? So Brenda and Donna discuss renting Halloween costumes, and Brenda says that she can't imagine wearing a costume that someone else has worn because, you know, in Minnesota, they made their costumes. Um, Brenda, I call bullshit. You 
as a teenager did not make your own costumes unless you wore a leotard and drew on a nose and went as a cat. That's what she did, I bet. She tells Donna that Brandon likes to stay home, dress up, and pass out candy. Of course he does. And again, why are these guys carving pumpkins at school during class time? Kelly stops by to tell Donna that their dates have officially canceled on them, so they will have to find different costumes. Because they, uh, I don't remember what they were going as, but it... They were coordinating. Yes, they were uh, couples costumes. And Brenda says that Dylan won't even wear a couples costumes. As if, oh, they're going to be Lucy and Desi and um, Fred and Ethel. Yes. As if summoned, Dylan shows up, as does Steve, and says they have to go to Hollywood costumes before it closes. So they all pick up their not-finished-school pumpkins and head out. I'm going to head out. Dylan, the constant rebel, asks Brenda why he has the feeling she's trying to trick him into getting a costume. It's okay to belong sometimes, Dylan. Sometimes. Charles Fleischer is the Hollywood costume employee, and why is he allowed to do anything besides be Roger Rabbit? He brings out the costumes Kelly and Donna had ordered and asks if they can just look around. He agrees and disappears. Steve finds his costume Zorro, and Brenda tells him that she figured that beneath the mask was a rich kid from Beverly Hills. Dylan says he doesn't need to wear a costume to have fun, but that's a really weird hill to die upon. Just saying. Donna tries to talk Kelly into being a munchkin from The Wizard of Oz, but she declines and tries to talk Donna into wearing some sort of bikini contraption. Donna tells her that she doesn't have the body for it, but Kelly does, and takes off to find her own costume. Kelly puts that costume down and just randomly grabs the costume next to it. Dylan spots a Clyde Barrow suit and is suddenly a costume person. Hooray! Kelly comes out in what I'm assuming is a showgirl costume, and Brenda is super judgy, of course. Of course. And Kelly tells her that she is single and wants to make a big splash, but then agrees that it isn't very Halloween-y. And Donna comes with her costume already bagged up, but tells everyone she wants it to be a surprise. Surprise! Back at Casa Walsh, Cindy is preparing her bowl of raisins for trick-or-treaters. Ugh, she would be the parent that gives trick-or-treaters right? raisins. Raisins and toothbrushes. Brandon is obviously disappointed in her choice of giveaway, but isn't Cindy totally the oh. parent? Oh, whoops. We just talked about that. <laughs> I wrote this a couple of days ago. I don't remember what I said. That's okay. So I'll start over. <laughs> Back at Casa Walsh, Cindy is preparing her bowl of raisins for trick-or-treaters. Brandon is obviously disappointed in her choice of giveaway, but isn't Cindy totally the parent who gives out raisins? Yes. She totally is. Clyde shows up for Bonnie, and they do look pretty great. And we are suddenly at the mansion, where there are teenagers roaming in costumes. We pan over some dressed in president's masks like Nixon, Reagan, and George H.W. Bush. And of course, they dress up as Republicans. It is Beverly Hills. It is. Steve compliments Brenda and Dylan on their costumes, and Dylan tells Steve that he likes his sword. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm submitting this without comment. Probably best. Yeah. Steve asks about Kelly, and Brenda says that she had to do some alterations to her costume, so she was going to come later. Then Donna enters, and we are again reminded of how the writers view the boss's daughter's character. She is dressed in a long mermaid tail, long blonde acrylic wig, and seashell bra. Very similar to the bra that she told Kelly that she couldn't wear. And of course, she has trouble moving in her costume and needs help. 
suddenly everyone stops and you hear a bunch of cat calls and the gang turns around and there's Kelly standing in the doorway. Her dress is tight with a slit up past her bodice and you do see some of her uh, tiny, tiny cleavage, 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 cleavage. And that is honestly the most revealing part of her costume. But all the men are entranced. Steve's angry, and Brenda rushes to her and pulls her away. She demands to know what she thinks she's doing, and Kelly tells her that she's having fun. Uh, Brenda, in a very victim-blaming way, tells her that men are going to give her attention and that she's just asking for trouble. And Kelly tells her that she has just been dumped and can dress any way she wants and can also take care of herself. And Brenda stands there with her arms crossed, very judgmentally, in a very Brenda way. Brenda's just jealous that she doesn't have the body to fill that outfit out. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Raisins are apparently a hit at the Walsh house. Gross. That's but, sarcasm. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> none of the kids like it. Okay. The raisins are a hit at the Walsh house. But Brandon is very unsuccessful at scaring the children in his vampire costume. Back at the party, Kelly flirts with a couple of guys before Steve harasses her for the way she is dressed. Jesus, can we just leave her alone? David tells her she looks nice before she declines his invitation to dance. He invites a girl dressed up as a pirate who turns him down too, so he walks outside. Steve's out there pouting, and they talk about the good old days of egg fights. David decides to leave, and on the way home, he runs into Scott, who is waiting for the other revelers to show up for the egg fights. Yeah, those guys that he totally made up. Those really. guys. Yeah. Those, those youths. Those youths. Back at Casa Walsh, Brandon is still disappointing kids with his raisins and his impressions of Dracula. And Emily miraculously shows up with her twin niece and nephew. I would say that she purposely made a trip, given that she knows where Brandon's house is. But we know that the Walsh house is within walking or biking distance to everything in L.A. It's true. So maybe it's just a coincidence. One of the kids has to go to the bathroom, so Cindy escorts them both to allow Brandon and Emily some time to talk. How very kind of your parents to be accepting of their children's choices and mates. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at Party Central, Kelly is busy fending off treacherous leches after treacherous lech. And Brenda catches one interaction and suddenly realizes that Kelly can take care of herself and tells her so. Was I the only one uncomfortable during this interaction? No. Nope. Seriously, have faith in your friends, Brenda. Stop projecting. And then Kelly tells Brenda that there hasn't been any good prospects until they both spot a young man dressed up as a cowboy. I, I think that's what he is. I neither know who he is, but Kelly is about to, according to her. And he is just credited as the cowboy in this episode. And he is, oh, he was in every 90s and 2000s TV series, but usually only one episode and rarely the good guy. That doesn't bode well. I think he was typecast. I think so, too. Back at Casa Walsh, Emily invites Brandon to join them trick-or-treating, and Brandon says he should probably stay and hold down the fort. Cindy's like, uh, I think we're good here. So he agrees to go. And can we talk about the fact that these costumes don't have any mouth holes? And the heads are created by tying a rope around the kids' necks. They seem very dangerous. This is not safe, I'm sure. Back at the mansion... 
Kelly saddles on over to the cowboy and starts flirting. And there are some really uncomfortable horse and riding innuendos made. Um, the cowboy attends USC and apparently regularly attends high school parties. Weird. Mm -hmm. Kelly makes it pretty clear that she doesn't ride on the first date. And he asks her how quickly can they get to the second? All in a terrible Southern accent, just so you know. Like, it was cute for two seconds, but then it just got bad. Really, really, really bad. Brandon and Emily muse on how crowded the streets are, and Brandon says that people drive to Beverly Hills to trick-or-treat because people in Beverly Hills put on quite a production. And then they both reminisce about walking through fallen leaves in their previous hometowns until they come to a stop and stare at each other awkwardly. <laughs> then Emily remembers that she brought some kids with her. Oh, yeah. Who are no longer there. And so Emily and Brandon start yelling for the kids without ever moving from their place. Really effective way to look for children, I'll mm -hmm. tell you. And also, when they show the sidewalks, they are completely empty, even though Emily and Brandon were literally just talking about how busy they were. Cut to police lights and Emily explaining that the kids were there one minute and gone the next. Oh. I hope she isn't getting paid for this babysitting job, I'm just saying. <laughs> and then the officers recommend that Brandon... I'm not sure who Brendan is, but he could have helped. Mm -hmm. And Emily, search on foot, and they will cruise around. The female <laughs> officer says, don't worry, we haven't lost one yet. And then the driver retorts, what about that one in Truesdale? Roger is his name, because the female cop isn't very happy with him. And then they tell Brandon they will call him at his home if they turn up anything. Why at Brandon's home? Why, why not at Emily's home? Right. Or the kid's parents' house? Right. I wonder if the kids' parents ever know that they got lost. <laughs> I don't know. Back at the party, Kelly and the cowboy are slow dancing to an obviously fast-paced song, while everyone is staring at Donna, who is stuck in the corner with an itch, but no one is offering to help. Steve comes over and asks her why she's always wearing things like the giant dress at the spring dance or this costume. He tells her, you know, that it's okay for her to be herself. And she replies, well, what guy wants to see that? Steve says he would, and probably most of the guys there would as well. But since when does Donna have self-esteem problems or problems with guys? Is it because of her learning disability that she sometimes has? The cowboy has dropped his horrible accent. Yay. And they are talking about watching David Letterman. And I mean, I wasn't great at flirting, but is that how you do it? I guess. I wasn't any good at it either. Oh, okay. Uh, Brandon and Emily are still desperately searching for the twins, and Scott and David are still hiding in the bushes. Did I not do teenagehood right? Because neither one of those things seems normal to me. Nope. And Brandon and Emily head to Casa Walsh to see if the cops have called. And guess what? The twins are there, playing with Jim and asking him what he's going to take his werewolf costume off. <laughs> no, guys, that's just his hairy back. They didn't actually say that. That's my... My editor editorializing. That's what they should have said if Kelly would have written this episode. <laughs> yes. See, you missed an opportunity, 90210. You could have hired me. Cindy agrees to have candy bars next Halloween because we keep talking about the raisins. Mm -hmm. And flash to Scott and David, who have finally realized that the egg fight isn't happening. David muses that times have changed and not for the better until Scott asks him if he wants to egg a car. Oh. David says, sure, for old times' sakes. Don't you know what eggs do to a paint job? Seriously, grow up, bastards. And they are armed and ready until David realizes the car they are aiming at is Brandon and Emily and the twins. They stop and ask why they are hanging around like slugs. 
again, this is the 90s, right? Yep. Who calls people slugs? Then Emily refers to them as rich wimps before they speed off and Scott and David throw eggs and not one of them land on the car. <laughs> Back at the party, Donna falls on Brenda because she has to go to the bathroom and her zipper is stuck. And Kelly and the cowboy head off to get food. Kelly wants a chicken wing. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. It's funny. But the cowboy makes her eat a quesadilla instead. Weird. And then Kelly gets bumped into and says that she wishes there was somewhere they could go that wasn't so crowded. So the cowboy says he knows just the place. Guess where? The The bedrooms, which are suspiciously empty for a party. What kind of lame-ass party is it? (laughs) (laughs) Kelly starts talking about the mansion's previous owners, and the cowboy tells her he isn't into architecture and asks her about herself. He asks her if she wants a boyfriend, and she tells him that she isn't looking for anything long-term, that she's a loner, kind of a lone wolf. I'm a loner, Dottie. Oh, I was thinking of friends. (laughs) Not Louise's great adventure. Uh, She is just trying to enjoy making believe. She then suggests they leave, and then the music changes, so you know that shit is about to go down. Ugh. Kelly tells the cowboy that she wants to go back to the party, and he tells her that her actions say otherwise. And he's back to using the accent again, which is weird. She clarifies that she wanted to go upstairs, and now she wants to go downstairs. And then he tells her that because what she is wearing, he thinks that she does want to play make-believe. She then says the answer is no. And he changes his tone and apologizes and asks if she can forgive him. And he asks if they can kiss and make up. She says, no, I don't think so. And he says, well, I do, and throws her on the bed. She fights him and tells him to get off of her, and he says that he's sure it's not anything that she hasn't done before. He continues to paw at her, and she is crying and fighting him off. Suddenly, the second door opens, and Donna and Brenda come in talking. The cowboy quickly gets off of Kelly and runs. And she runs to Brenda crying. She tells Brenda that he threw her on the bed and that he wouldn't let her up. And that she said no. He argues and says that she's lying. Kelly tells Brenda that he locks the door, which Brenda verifies, opening it and yelling for Dylan. Dylan and Steve come in and Brenda tells them that the cowboy attacked Kelly. He argues again, saying they were both into it and that she is lying. Steve grabs him by the collar and tells him that he loves her. And Dylan says that they will escort the cowboy out. Meanwhile, Brenda comforts Kelly while trapping Donna to them by her hair. They were all hugging, and yeah. she's like, Donna's hair is so stuck like, between the hair, two of them. And she can't move her head, and it's not, and it's supposed to be this, like, moment. You know, sad moment. And all I can see is Donna, who's like, I'm stuck! All right. Out, outside, the cowboy tells Dylan and Steve that they've got it all wrong. When a girl dresses like a slut, he says, and Steve punches him in the face. Yay! Guess what, guys? Maybe call the cops. I that don't know. Too. Crazy. Uh, back in the bedroom, Kelly is blaming herself for being almost raped because of the way she dressed. Brenda, always the feminist, tells Kelly that she told her that that dress was a bit much. Seriously, up, guys, Brenda. stop right now. I mean, I get Kelly blaming herself because she's the victim and that's what victims do. But Brenda, you shut your damn mouth. Shut it. Hashtag believe women. Yeah. Brenda tells her that she said no and that was enough. Kelly says that she said no too late and that she was leading him on. And then Dylan shows up and Dylan is the fucking feminist. Jesus. Maybe, no he's, no. maybe he's the protagonist. I think we've discovered that. Yeah. Um, and then he says to Kelly, 
It doesn't matter how much of a magnet a girl turns on. A guy has a choice of not making her do something she doesn't want to do. Hey! Dylan is a better feminist than his girlfriend. God damn right he is. And then Donna calls it what it is. She says that he was a rapist. And Kelly tries to object. And Donna asks her what would have happened if they hadn't entered the room. Exactly. She's not the stupid one, guys. Nope, she sure isn't. That guy is. Brains. Donna has brains. Maybe Donna's the protagonist. That could be too. At the Peach Pit, Emily and Brandon have a weird discussion about losing the twins. And Emily confesses that she, of course, came to his house on purpose. And he tells her that she is weird. But he likes weird. Um, so just give it a few episodes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Emily suggests that they go to the Halloween party as a couple dressed as Emily and Brandon. Hmm. Think of how impressed she people, is weird. Think of how impressed people will be with our masks. And then Brandon says, I'm pretty impressed with your mask already. Um, is that a good pickup line? It must be because now he's eating her face in the middle of the peach pit and everyone else is vomiting on their pie. Back at the party, Steve and Kelly are walking outside together and she thanks him for what he did. And he said that he means what he said. She kisses him on the cheek and she says she knows. Then Brandon and Emily show up just as everyone is leaving. And Brandon says, now he has a reason to party. Come on, writers, just lay it all out. Why don't you? So many Easter eggs. Euphoria. Euphoria. <laughs> and that is the end of this episode. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, why? So realistically, we can say she was assaulted by her person who took her virginity. Mm -hmm. She is assaulted here. Mm -hmm. And then she is fully raped mm -hmm. in season 10. Mm -hmm. What do the writers have against her? I don't know. They must think that she's strong and she can handle the trauma, I guess. Or I they must know. like her as a victim. I guess. Anywho, um, our issue of the week, I guess, would be sexual assault. Yes. Stop victim blaming Brenda. Yes. Wow. And the dude. Don't give out raisins for Halloween. Yeah, that's the bigger one. God. And cut a hole in your kid's mask. Seriously, let them breathe. Anyway. <laughs> it's a very somber episode. It is. It's a very somber episode. And I think they all did a good job acting. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so... And Brandon and Emily are starting their fling. Tumultuous. Tumult why can't tumult tumultuous? Yes, tumultuous relationship. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess that's that. I mean, I feel like I don't really that we don't really need to recap um what's been going on in our lives, but we can if we want to. Eh. I feel like there's bigger fish to fry out there. Yeah, there's way too much happening in the world right now. Than to talk about how I'm addicted to TikTok. <laughs> I have not given into the TikTok yet. It's where I, it's where I got the advice for my eyebrows. I mean, look at them; they're pretty stellar. Yeah. 2020. I don't know what to say about you, but has anybody tried taking the cartridge out, blowing on it, and then putting, putting it back, it back in. in the Nintendo? No, doing a three finger shutdown. I've tried that too. Mm. Doesn't work. Tried, did you try unplugging it, plugging it back in? Yeah, I waited ten seconds too. Did you try uh, pushing the home button and pressing holding the power button? No, <laughs> I don't know. Reflashing the software. Um, happy Happy Obama Day. Oh, by the way, yeah. Oh God, Happy Obama Day. Um, yeah. So I guess um, you can follow us on all your favorite platforms. 
um, the Facebook, the Instagram, Donna Martin Graduates Podcast. Twitter uh, at Graduates Donna. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Donate to good causes. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. I concur. Okay. So until uh, next week, which is also another downer episode. It is. Jesus. <laughs> we came back strong. <laughs> and then the week after that is euphoria. And the week after that is what definitely goes crazy. Cuckoo for yeah. Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. So it's a, a big bundle of fun trigger warnings for the next few episodes. Yeah. All right. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.